0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Point of Insanity Game Studios' Weekly 3 and General Podcast. Now, I have to apologize. This is going to be a very short, uh, kind of off-the-cuff, rambling, rambling type episode. And just reason why is... Uh... Well, that's not the reason why, but anyways. The reason why this episode is going to be... Little short is well, it, like many self published role playing game authors and non professional podcasters. I work a day job and they've been really piling on the overtime lately, which is great for the paycheck, but unfortunately, it you know leaves me with uh, a lot less time to do other things. Uh, Lately, they've been having us do anywhere from about 10 to 14 extra hours of uh, overtime a week, which gives me 10 to 14 hours less to write or practice martial arts or do podcasts. I I do have another historical gaming episode in the works right now. I was hoping to have it done for this week, but that didn't happen. Hopefully it'll be near the end of next week. So if y'all you, you like the historical gaming episodes I do, then I certainly hope you'll enjoy the one that I have coming up soon. But anyways, on to today is well I'm actually going to do a couple different topics, and mainly because I've one of the things about being a podcaster is sometimes you've got ideas for a show. But you're not always certain if you're going to be able to do all these, you know, if you're going to be able to really get a good full show out of, you know, those, those ideas. So sometimes you just kind of try to squeeze them all in together. So I've done the occasional random rambling episode and hey, what the heck, let's do another ramble rambling, random rambling episode. So, just a quick announcement before we begin. Welcome to Bone Thriller's Theater. Nah, it's not that kind of show. It's an RPG actual play podcast. My name is Jordan, and I'm joined by our fun-loving cast. This is Aaron. Jeff here. Johnny is my name. And I'm Jeremy. And what we do is dive in and play various tabletop RPG systems and games such as Mini-Six, Fiasco, Inspectors, Monster of the Week, Fate, and more. But no matter the rule set or setting, some pretty intense storytelling hits the fan. So whether you like epic fantasy adventure, comedy, sci-fi, Horror. Or just horrifically bad puns. We've got something to feast your imagination on. Listen to our full episodes and more at bonethrowerstheater.com. And may the bones fall ever in your favor. Okay, and we're back. So, now this is also the first episode that I'm going to be recording on my new computer I got, which I made the upgrade to Windows 10 somewhat reluctantly. I mean, my old computer, which was running Windows 8.1, was doing okay. It's just, you know, starting to run out of space. And, you know, eh, decided with all the video and audio editing I do, I might as well get something that's a little bit little bit more memory and also a little faster. In some ways, I kind of regret it. But, you know, so far my programs seem to be working uh, rather well with it and just a public service announcement, which will probably be uh, out of date in a couple months. But I'm recording this on October 5th right now, and just a couple days ago, they announced that uh, there was a problem with the latest Microsoft Windows 10 update, where apparently, if you have a file that's not backed up to OneDrive, when you do the update, it will erase those files from your computer. So uh you might want to consider uh, holding off on that update and if you're uh now on Windows 10, but again serves as a reason why backups are so important. I currently keep my all my uh point of insanity game studio files, both the stuff for my podcasts as well as my my publishing. I keep five different backups of them. So, yeah, I don't really think I'm paranoid, but that doesn't hurt to, well, you know, better safe than sorry. But the main of mini topic I have for today is about one of my new favorite games, Final Fantasy XV. Now, one of the things that made me want to get the game is I remember I was looking on the uh, Xbox... One, you know, Xbox Live store, and I was reading a little bit about Final Fantasy 15. You know, I knew about it from Record Keeper and just hearing about it from other places, but decided to consider getting it. And I remember they had some promo videos, and they had this really nicely put together trailer that used Stand By Me and then had different cutscenes. Most of them were from the game, but there was actually a few in there that were from another trailer called Omen, which, you know, actually surprised me that it wasn't in the game. Like there's this one part where, uh, you know, Noct is going into this, he's approaching this boat in the middle of a desert. And then he, you know, jumps into it and he's surrounded in this hellish landscape by a bunch of behemoths and, You know He's doing all this other stuff. And I remember when I was getting... Oh, yeah, there was also a scene where he's driving down the road and the car flips and he's flying out of it. And I remember when I was getting near the end of the game, I'm like, okay, I wonder when I'm going to see all this stuff happen. But apparently that was just in a little mini CGI movie type thing they made where uh, Omen was supposed to represent what would have happened if Noctis embarked upon this his journey alone. Well, the music they used in that was Stand By Me, and I have a soft spot for that song. I like it. Primarily, I'm a heavy metal fan, but Stand By Me is a really nice song. And that's one of the things that made me kind of decide to get it. And certainly do not regret picking up a copy of Final Fantasy Fifteen. but it made me think now, let's talk a little bit about that song, Stand By Me. It was written by a musician, uh, Ben E. King. And for the longest time, I always thought it was B.B. King, but I guess it's B. Ben E. King. But anyways, um, anyways, this uh, song was inspired by an older gospel song as well as a passage in Psalm 46 in the Bible. Now, the song, it's it's got a certain timeless quality to it. Now, I don't know enough about music to really break it down and talk about things like, you know, the tempo or the keys or the chord progression or, you know, what makes that song, you know, is, what gives it the impact that it has. So I'm not really going to analyze it, but I just think that there's always been something kind of soothing or, or peaceful about that song, whether it's the you know, the lyrics or just the the way the music was uh, was composed. And I've heard you know, a few other covers or you know, versions of Stand By Me, and I don't think I've ever heard anyone actually do a bad cover of Stand By Me. And the one that Florence and the Machine did for 15 I love it. And I did end up going to iTunes and I uh, bought a copy of it to listen to whenever I want. Now, when I think of Stand By Me, another thing I think of is there's the uh, movie. And this movie, I was actually surprised to learn that it was based off of a, a work by Stephen King. Because, of course, when I think of Stephen King, I'm usually thinking of supernatural uh, and horror stories. You know, like It, or The Stand, or uh, Tommy Tommyknockers, uh, The Shining. So that's usually where my mind goes when I think about uh, Stephen King. The movie was based off of a novella called The Body, and they decided to choose Stand By Me as the name of the the movie instead, and I'm sure there's some rationale why, but I think that Stand By Me was actually a really good fitting for Final Fantasy XV, and I think one of the reasons is... Now, there's not really a lot of similarities between Final Fantasy 15 and the movie Stand By Me, but there's some some common elements. Like, for example, you have this theme of these friends going on a journey, and you know the there's also this coming of age motif that goes with the movie, and I would even say with uh, Final Fantasy 15. It's been a while since I've seen Stand by Me. Uh but the main gist of the movie is you've got four friends that, you know, each come from various dysfunctional type households and they hear about a boy who disappeared and someone says he knows where he is. That he was accidentally killed while walking along a railroad. So he these boys decide that they're going to go try to find the body and report it to the authorities and you know they would become heroes. Well also during the uh, during the the movie, they're well at the end anyway, uh, they encounter a group of older boys who you know they wanted to claim credit for finding the, the body instead. And the reason it's seen as somewhat of a coming of age uh, story is when the boys finally find the body. One of the lines from the movies, like you know, the boy wasn't sleeping, the boy wasn't sick, the boy was dead, and this was again that that loss of innocence. You know, the where it brought them face to face with death. Now, in Final Fantasy fifteen, you have the same. You know, you have a parallel. You know, you've got these four friends going on a journey. In Knox's case, his coming of age is going to be going to get married. Now, other than the fact that you know you've got four male friends that are going on this this journey, there's not really too much I can think of any way to uh, compare the two. Um, you know, the movie and the game, but in Stand By Me. There are some parallels, you know, with a couple of the characters that I could make with the characters of 15. The main character is Gordy, and he is, he dreams of being a writer and escaping the town, this small town they live in. The reason why is because he had an older brother, and there was a big age gap between him and his older brother, uh, where... And his brother had died in an accident and he was, you know, going on to the army for basic training and all that. And, well, uh, this kind of caused a rift between his parents and him. And I remember that in the movie, there's this one scene where he's having a flashback to the funeral and his dad's like, it should have been you. Um, because, again, the uh, his his parents were old enough to be his grandparents, really. I could kind of compare that to Noctis in a way. Uh, towards the beginning, it seems he does have a little bit of tension with his dad. Now I'm not sure if in the movie or not the movie, uh, in the book, if Gordy ever you know comes to terms with his parents. But in the ending of Stan- of a uh, Final Fantasy 15, he, you know Noct does kind of have this. Uh, I want to don't know if I'd say reunion or. Um, atonement with his dad again go the whole hero's journey joseph campbell type thing the atonement with the father god yeah, you could see it as that i guess but i could see him kind of like knocked uh the other character that i could well i could kind of see having a parallel with uh final fantasy 15 is are the characters of Vern and prompto because Vern, he's shy overweight He's somewhat naive. And in a way, I could see him kind of similar to Prompto because it seems Prompto does, well, as we learn about him, he does suffer some of those similar esteem issues. And if you've played the uh, episode Prompto DLC, it shows him in his younger years and he was overweight. So yeah, I could kind of see a little parallel there. Now, uh, the leader of this group is named Chris. And he's this tough kid who's shunned because of his family's reputation. And it seems that he's closest with Gordy and somewhat protective of him. So, I could see him having a little bit of a parallel with Gladio. Now, the final character in Stand By Me is Teddy. He was abused by his mentally ill dad who suffered from... Uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and his dad had burned his ear. Well, despite this, he still had a lot of uh, respect for his dad and he always said that his his dad had stormed the beach at Normandy. Um, but I'm not sure if he really did or not because um, when they when the boys meet up with uh, um, meet up with a, a the caretaker of a junkyard, You know, he talks about his dad being in the loony bin, so he may have... I don't know if it's implied that his father really didn't storm the beach. He was just like, had a false memory or something or was making it up. But I can't really see any parallels with uh, Teddy and Ignis. Uh, Again, they're very... You know, they're very different characters. But the other three kind of has some parallels there. But the reason that I thought stand by me was such a fitting song for final fantasy 15 is because you do have that theme of friendship and in both works you there is a bit of a test of their friendships you know because you've got the in stand by me you know you've got these younger kids who are you know they're going on this journey into the unknown and they have to kind of you know learn to trust each other and I don't think there was really too much tension in the move, between the kids in the movie. I don't think there was in the book. I haven't read the book, so I'm just making a guess there. And we see the same thing in Final Fantasy 15, where, uh, you know, Noct does have tension with his friends at certain points in the game. Uh, now, with Ignis, after he loses his eyesight, uh, then, you know, Gladio has a little bit of a you know he has a little bit of a anger issue at um at Noctis for a while and even though Noctis is tricked into throwing Prompto off of a train which leads to the events of episode Prompto it seems that they don't really have too much issues it's like they they patch up any uh issues they had rather quickly and, and even though Noctis, no, I'm sorry, even though Ignis does lose his eyesight uh, saving Noct, he doesn't really seem to have any personal grudges against uh, Noct for it. I remember it after the the events in Altissia, he does suggest that maybe they should bring their little journey to an end. But of course, Noctis seems, you know, he wants to carry on and uh, later, after they beat the Marlboro, I remember, uh, you know, Ignis kind of forces everyone to reconcile. He's like, you know, I made a promise to protect Noct and I'm going to keep that promise and if I can't keep up, I'll bow out. But it's my choice to make. Though despite the uh, various trials that the characters face, their friendships do remain intact. Though, as I recall in the ending of Stand By Me, um, Gordy, as he's writing, he describes how you know, he did start to, you know, drift away from a couple of his from his friends and you know, the way that uh they picture the fate of the four friends in the movie and the book is different, but I'm not gonna go into that. So I was just thinking about that topic. I thought it'd be a neat little uh thing to talk about. Also, uh another thing I've heard is that I think sometime next year they're supposed to be releasing more DLC for 15. So you're going to have episode Noctis, episode Aranea, episode Arden, and I think there's something else they're introducing as well. Or maybe it's just those three. I don't know. But I'm looking forward to it and I'll probably end up getting it. <laughs> yes, I know some people would say that, you know, you're kind of a, you know, sucker to buy DLC, but yeah, the episodes they're introducing was Episode Aranea, Arden, Noctis, and Lunafreya. Oh, and my uh, son just popped in to tell me that uh, episode Lunafreya is going to be the other one. And actually, my son and I were talking about uh, with Final Fantasy 15 and Record Keeper who we think the uh, next characters are going to be. And I don't know. I'm thinking that they're probably going to introduce L- Lady Lunafreya next. Because when you look at the characters for in Record Keeper uh, from Final Fantasy fifteen, they really don't have anyone who's an offensive magic user. Uh, Noctis gets a little bit of magic, so does Ignis. They have Iris in the game, except they've recast her as healing magic. Um, but they don't really have anyone that's a strong summoner or black magic user. So. I'm thinking that if they introduce Luna Freya in that game, they're probably going to make her a mass, either a master of magic, where she could use like white magic, uh, black magic, and summoning, or they might just give her offensive magic because you know she does summon Leviathans, so I could see her uh, again getting uh, those as her two highest skills, or maybe just summoning. Who knows? We we're also thinking that it, you know, might be cool to see Core, uh, the immortal, as a playable character. Wouldn't surprise me if they introduced Arden eventually, because they did introduce Kefka from Final Fantasy VI as a playable character in that game, as well as several other of the uh, boss-type characters from other Final Fantasy games, like Cujo and. Garland they introduced, you can play as the Emperor, the Cloud of Darkness, <laughs> and the list goes on. Well, speaking of video games, another bit of news in the video game world recently has been the announce the announcement of the PlayStation Classic. Now, I'm not surprised that Sony is jumping on the retro bandwagon, as you know, we have seen it done with other consoles. I've seen the plug-in plays for uh, in television, ColecoVision. Uh, the of course, Nintendo had the NES Classic, the Super Nintendo Classic. I thought I heard a rumor that they're thinking of doing an N64 Classic, and there've also been several variations of the Atari 2600, as well as the Sega Genesis plug-in plays. The thing that was so cool about the uh, Genesis plug-in play, though is that it, you had the ability to play your old Genesis games with it. Only it didn't work with the lock-on technology in Sonic. My son and I tried that and it doesn't work. <laughs> now, uh, I've talked about plug-and-plays before in this, uh, in, on my shows. And, you know, there's different types. Of course, you've got the stuff like the... Well, I guess, how do we define a plug-and-play? And I guess I would define it as something that's not really a console and that you can't add any games to it, and you can't play pre-existing games with it, which is why the, I mean, that Genesis uh, plug-and-play is kind of a that gray area because, yeah, it does have the built-in games like a plug-and-play does, but you can use it with your old games. But still, I guess I would consider it, I would tend to consider it more of a plug-and-play because it does have those uh, games pre-installed on it. And I think that these are good for the they can be good for the casual gamer especially when you are going with uh brand name ones like the you know the NES Classic or the Atari Plug and Plays or the Genesis one because it you know it does give you a chance to go back and you know explore some of these games you may have missed. I've also talked about other types of plug and plays I did an entire episode a long time ago on Star Wars plug and plays. How, you know, again, you've got these uh, little handheld controllers that have a joystick and they'll look like, you know, Darth Vader or the Millennium Falcon, and you pop it in and it has some cheap Star Wars themed games in it. Uh, There's also other ones I've seen here and there that they're more generic, where the games they have. Are they're pretty forgettable. I mean, yeah, they'd be okay for your younger gamers, but for a experienced gamer, they're not really going to hold your attention very long. I've also seen other ones that are ROM hacks. Uh, probably one of the more well-known ROM hacks out there is Pandamar, which is basically Super Mario Brothers, except it's hacked so that uh, Mario is a panda instead. And, Instead of the mushrooms and fire flowers, there's potion bottles. And I don't know, it's... I've played it. It's not that great. I mean, the control just doesn't feel as fluid and the sound effects are atrocious. (laughs) And when uh, our Toys R Us was having its closeout sale, I did pick up another one of those plug-and-play things, which, again, had like 300 games on it. And I do plan to to review that eventually, someday. (laughs) Maybe. If my overtime at work ever ends, but anyways, uh, I'm actually considering getting the PlayStation Classic because I missed out on the PlayStation era. With uh, you know, back then, I pretty much stuck with the Super Nintendo. I didn't really have any money to get a new game system, so. During the 90s, I was pretty much just playing my NES and my Super Nintendo. Um, usually, if I did play anything on on the Nintendo 64, it was at a friend's house. Honestly, though, I really didn't have a chance to play many of the games for the PlayStation when it was first released. Now, I've seen friends play games like you know, Final Fantasy VII and Symphony of the Night, Uh, And I have had a chance to play a couple of games here and there, but it's not a system that I've had a lot of experience with. It's going to come with 20 titles. So far, the ones I've seen are, they've confirmed anyway, Final Fantasy VII, Tekken 3, R4, uh, Ridge Racer Type 4, Jumping Flash, and Wild Arms. I thought I heard a rumor that Symphony of the Night might be on there, now, one of the games on there that I'm actually really uh, hoping to have a chance to play is Wild Arms. I was at a friend's house, and I saw the animated intro, which has this really atmospheric song that sounds like it belongs in a spaghetti western, which, from what I understand, the you know westerns are one of the things that inspired that game. I'm actually kind of surprised, in a way, they put Final Fantasy VII on. Not that it's a bad game, or not that it's not a popular game, it's just that it's been ported to you know other consoles. Like I think there's an iOS version of it, and then uh, not only that, you can get it on Steam. Um, you can also, I'm sure, you can download it on the PS Network, and I think they even made, they may have even made a version for. The Xbox, but I'm not sure. So I was kind of surprised that they saw they put that one on. I suppose it's a good selling point though, since you know, for a lot of uh, well, a lot of gamers that are probably around in their 30s right now, Final Fantasy VII may have been one of the first Final Fantasy games they played, if not the first. So it should be interesting to see what else they put on it. And since I missed out on the PS era, and I've Probably missed out on some really good games. That's one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to uh, giving this game, giving this console a look and possibly picking it up if there's some other games on there that, uh, that fit my, that, that pique my interest. Well, I think I've rambled enough for now. So I guess I'd like to thank you all for Tuning in, and uh, hopefully, my next episode I'll have that historical gaming episode ready. But for now, I'd like to thank you for listening and have a good evening, or morning, or afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are, and happy gaming. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POIGamestudio.